Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Speaking of uh, enjoying ourselves, once we get back to normalcy, we'll have the NFL draft. We'll have... uh, uh, Packer football, hopefully, to talk about come the fall. But right now we're going to talk a little more Packer football with Andy Herman of PackerReport.com and Pack-A-Day Podcast as well. Andy, how you doing? I'm doing great, Bill. Thanks so much for having me as always. Well, first and foremost, we were sitting here talking about the all-decade team. Uh, Clay Matthews trying to make a claim for it to say, hey, I got snubbed. Uh, do you think when you look at the list that is there that Clay Matthews indeed got snubbed? Yeah, I mean, these lists are always, you know, good for for conjecture. I definitely think he has an argument to be on that list. I think when you look at, you know, the the numbers that he put up, not only in Green Bay, but even last season before he got hurt, you know, with the Rams, I think he he definitely has a claim to be on that list. Um, You know, I think anyone else that was on that list certainly has a claim to it as well. And uh, I don't have a major take here of whether or not, you know, that he should be on that list. But I, I definitely think he would have been deserving and if his name would have been on that list. Uh, I don't think it would have come as too much of a shock to anyone. So he, he certainly has some claim there. Do you think uh, the Packers have had success this offseason or they are status quo? I think a lot of that's going to probably depend on what they do in the draft and how they kind of finalize things. But I think they've been successful so far with the resources that they've had available. I don't think they were ever going to really be able to be in the market for that top-tier free agent. Um, I think if maybe the, the price was right uh, you know, for maybe one of the top-tier wide receivers like an Austin Hooper, I think they would have had that discussion. Uh, but it certainly seems like they were looking for you know value throughout the offseason. And I think what Brian Gutekunst did a really great job of was finding that value at positions of need so that he doesn't necessarily have to go out and draft for need in the upcoming draft. I mean, had he gone into this coming draft with, you know, Warren Burks as his top linebacker on the roster, uh, with Alex Light or uh, Billy Turner as his best right tackle, I mean, he, he would have been in positions where he legitimately would have had to have targeted positions. So, you know, he gets a Rick Wagner, he gets a Christian Kirksey, they can fill those positions now, uh, you know, when they want to in the draft. If they still want to attack those positions aggressively, they can absolutely do so. So I think he's been successful in giving himself options with the resources that he had available. Um, I, I like the fact that uh, they tried to address some things and get faster defensively. Uh, obviously with Ricky Wagner, I don't know if it's going to be a trade-off. Ricky Wagner was solid before he ended up losing his job over in Detroit. Maybe they're trying to get that diamond in the rough to get him back uh, again. Uh, who has the most likely uh, opportunity to really excel uh, with the Green Bay Packers for the deals that they have made. I mean, obviously, Funches is another guy that can know it, but he's not your big-time downfield receiver that's going to be the opposite Devontae Adams. So do they use him more as a tight end as well? Does he succeed in that role? 
Yeah, so great questions. I think if you told me that one of these three players, you know, really went out and had a, a you know, a phenomenal season or really kind of exceeded expectations, I would put, you know, some serious money on Christian Kirksey. Uh, I just think you look at what he was earlier in his career and when he was with Mike Patton, you know, he had the ability to get sideline to sideline. He has great instincts. He reads the screen incredibly well. He's shown the ability to get off a of block. You know, he's had the injuries the last couple seasons, but I think if he stays healthy, and I think with the players that he's going to have surrounding him on that defense, I think he's going to really buy into that locker room. He's a really great locker room guy, former team captain. I think he's just going to really fit in well with the organization, and I think he's going to be put in a serious position to have, you know, great success. And unless they address it early in the draft, probably be linebacker one in the middle of that defense. So uh, I think he's kind of the player that I'm looking for to maybe have that potential kind of breakout season. As far as Funches goes, I think the, the interesting thing on him, I, I, I tweeted this out a couple weeks ago, I think in a slightly different timeline where Funches stays healthy last season and Andrew Luck doesn't retire, I think he may have been one of the top two or three free agents at wide receiver this season, and I think he was really set to potentially break out in Indianapolis. You go out and watch some of the practice tape and some of the, the film that's out there, even from just the, the limited time he played in week one, I thought his routes were looking crisper. He was kind of starting to come into his own a little bit as a wide receiver. So, you know, the, the injury was devastating. I think, obviously, the Andrew Luck retirement kind of came as a surprise to a lot of people within that organization. And uh, just obviously it never, you know, really panned out for that one-year $10 million deal that he signed in Indianapolis. So, We'll see what happens, but I think he was on a, a really good projection with Indianapolis, and if he can kind of pick back up where he left off, I think it could fit really well. As far as where he kind of plays, I don't think he's going to be a tight end, but I think he's going to run a lot of tight end routes that you'd you know see a tight end run if he were you know, lined up as a slot type player. So, you know, kind of that move tight end, you know, they couldn't find that tight end in free agency that they wanted to pay like an Austin Hooper, at least a, a reasonable rate that they could find. But I think what Funches can do is do some of those things of where they would normally line up a Jimmy Graham or a Jermichael Finley, or if they would have gotten Austin Hooper, if they lined him up in, in some of those slot situations, I think Funches is going to be able to do that and be kind of that big bodied receiver who can move the chains a little bit. So I think they, they were smart in finding a value there to do something that they didn't currently have on the roster. Do you, uh, when we talk about the wide receiving core, I mean, obviously Equinemia St. Brown is going to, you know, come back. He was injured last season, so maybe he can contribute. Marquez Valdez-Scanling, still a downfield speed guy, had the short arms. Geronimo Allison now gone. Um, Has this been, this drafting of wide receivers and picking up of the college free agents? Uh, Ted Thompson used to find these guys. In the first couple of years of Brad Gutekinds, do you consider them somewhat of a failure? Yeah, that's a really great question. I definitely think if you look at, you know, the, the receivers that he selected, I mean, he, well, he started with Jamon Moore. That certainly would, you know, be chalked up to a failure. I think if you look at fifth and sixth round picks, it's really tough to gauge Equinemius St. Brown with, with the injury season last year. I, I struggled to think that he would have made that much of an impact, but it certainly couldn't have hurt a, a season ago. I, I think he was a sneaky option to potentially get cut at the end of training camp last year if he didn't get hurt. I'm not saying it would have happened, but I think that actually could have been within the, the, the realm of conversation um, just because of the depth that they had at that position. But uh, I think he definitely is going to be in a fight this year. I fully expect Green Bay to leave the draft with at least two, if not three, wide receivers. So I think Equinemius St. Brown and Mark Wesveldis Scantling are going to have their work cut out for them to make this team. And when you look at MBS, I mean, you see the talent, but it's two years in a row now where he has ended up, you know, starting the season, getting some significant playing time, and by the end of the year, 
on the bench with no snaps. And I think he lost trust with McCarthy. I think he lost uh, trust with Matt LaFleur. And I think he's lost trust with Aaron Rodgers. So I think he has a massive offseason ahead of him to try to gain some of that trust back and show that he can be a reliable receiver. So who is, uh, is it Alan Lazard? Uh, Does Alan Lazard have the making to be a quality wide receiver in the National Football League? You know, I think ideally in the right situation and circumstance, you know, you've got Devontae Adams as your number one receiver. I think you've got Devin Punches and Alan Lazard as kind of your more big body possession receivers who can maybe do some moving uh, moving of the chains on third down, second down, and uh, maybe be a little bit of a bigger red zone body. And then I think you would ideally find somebody in the draft who can be a little bit more of that speed option, maybe a slot type receiver, a Justin Jefferson, whether he's there or not, you know, who knows, but he just fits perfectly with what they need. Somebody who can, you know, make hay after the catch, which is something that's been a, a very underrated problem for Green Bay is just not being able to, to, to make, you know, things happen after the catch and be an explosive type receiver. They need that type of player. So I think ideally they would find a way to get that, whether it's Jalen Rager, maybe a KJ Hamler a little bit later. They can add that to the two possession receivers with Funches and Lazard. You know, you've got your Alpha and Devontae Adams, and then you've got developmental guys, whether it's guys later in the draft or MBS or EQ. I think that, you know, equates to a really solid receiving core overall, but they definitely have some work to do in the draft. Talking with Andy Herman of PackerReport.com and Packaday Podcast, and now you've got the NFL draft that's just about upon us. So you tell me what it, you think it's going to be like. I was saying when, when the NFL came out and said yesterday, you know, all the general managers, you're going to remain apart, you're going to be in your homes, uh, basically mandating, trying to stay with what we have going on nationally right now, where you just stay at home and communicate via teleconference and Skype and whatever else it is you need to do. But uh, to me, all your war room stuff is going on now, correct? Oh, for sure. You would think that they have a very strong feeling of, you know, where their board is at. They're going to be in constant communication leading up to the draft. I mean, the teams that are doing it correctly should have everything pretty much set up where they have all the contingencies in place, especially the first two days of the draft. I think, you know, day three could get a little bit crazier because you don't know quite as well, you know, who's going to be available and what, you know, situations may present themselves. But those first two days, you're, you're going to have your top 100 locked down. You're going to know what, you know, players that you would be aggressive in trading up for. You're going to know what players could be off the board that you maybe want to trade down and try to accumulate more picks. So they're going to have that nailed down in those first couple of days. I think it's day three that could be a little bit more interesting. Yeah, see, I agree. I I think because his, I know general managers have complained about this, and we've talked about it almost ad nauseum, but I, I think for the most part they already know who they want, who they're looking at, and then they know kind of the scenarios of the way the board may or may not fall. And then obviously trades can come up and things like that. Do Because of this, though, do we think we're going to see a lot of trades? I, I think Because I don't. Yeah, I think we could see less trades. I think we could see it where there's just not enough potential, you know, time on the clock. I think having to have that extra level of communication, I think that's the thing that's really going to be interesting to me is because they have so many different people in their war room that may be making calls to other teams. Um, and, uh, you know, and not only that, but, you know, you look at the undrafted free agency, you know, how you, you know, your scouts are on the phone, you know, trying to communicate with, with agents and, and trying to, you know, kind of secure some of those players that didn't get picked. I think just that extra level 
level of communication is what's going to be really difficult, and it's going to be really interesting to see how, how teams navigate it. And I said yesterday, I think Green Bay's in a really great spot that I think they're extra organization, and the fact that they have a GM that came from a scouting background, I think that's going to help them a ton. So I think Green Bay's set up well with the people that they have in the building to make sure that they've got their I's dotted and T's crossed beforehand, but it's definitely going to be a level of interesting when the draft actually hits. Top three picks that they need. Top three positions. Uh, I think you have to go wide receiver at some point in this draft. I definitely think defensive line. I've said all offseason defensive line is the most underrated need on this team. Uh, I may have even said it on here before, but the four games that they lost a season ago, the two games to San Francisco, the Eagles and the Chargers, they got gashed, 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 gashed in the running game. And they have not done anything to address that position yet this offseason. So I think defensive linemen has to be something that they attack. Um, and I, I definitely think just that offensive tackle position, you know, I, I would expect David Bakhtiari to be back, um, but you have him being a free agency next season. You've got Rick Wagner on basically a one-year deal with kind of a two-year, you know, year-two option um, coming off of a little bit of a down season. So ideally, I think they would love to get younger at that position. I would completely agree. Andy, it's always a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon as uh, the draft becomes upon us, uh, and after the fact, we'll, uh, we'll break it all down, okay? Can't wait. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, pal. Talk to you later. Andy Herman, PackerReport.com and Packaday Podcast. You can find his stuff there. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80 plus, 80 plus years they've been doing it. Call them 844 Pride to go to SchneiderJobs.com. Thank the truck drivers for keeping us going in our nation right now because they're delivering everything from the toilet papers to the cleaning products and everything else we need in between. Thank the truck drivers. God uh, God love them for still getting out there and getting it done for us and bringing us the supplies that we need. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.